Rock Stars. I'm Joe Rutten, host of Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. And I, oh, wait a minute here. And I am not Father John. <laughs> I, I am, am Father John Rutten. And I Father am. Paul Rutten will be joining us soon to make us Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio. And where is Father Paul? Do Father we know? Paul is MIA. And he's doing priestly things. <laughs> this is what happens so when you're a priest, right? Sometimes it's you, you're just like, uh, sorry, can't be there. Yeah, you know what it did though? It reminded me of grandma, of mom. So Why? I think I think on Facebook we should post the YouTube video of when mom used to come on when one of us couldn't make it because that's what happened. Is oh. you were like, oh, I'm not going to be around, and I'm like, oh, we need mom. That's how mom ended up on the show. Is when one of us right. couldn't. Couldn't be host. Well, maybe and then maybe she, we're going to have a special episode here because Paul's not here. We might. Yeah. Maybe mom's here. Maybe in mom sp- is present Paul's in not spirit. Here. Not even in spirit. Her soul may be present here. Right, very right. Well, that'd maybe. Be, so that'd be crazy. That's what well, we're up to. all right, Paul's mom. Everybody's welcome. Things. Joe's uh, coming via another location, and we are brothers, and we're journeying through life and commenting on movies that make us think, laugh, and Pray. From cult classics to classics of faith, we do this because we hope that you find the movies we watch help you grow. And wondering, speaking of growth, how you're doing, man. You're uh, uh, relaxing, you're chillaxing up at St. Thomas. What are you doing? Yeah, you're always I'm, somewhere. I'm currently uh, staring out at the University of St. Thomas's football field as I'm at a uh, Catholic education conference. Uh, about 350 people from around the United States talking about classical education and what it looks like in a Catholic context and how might we revision for the future Catholic education and different modes and methods. And so four days up here, it's uh, it's been fantastic. Obviously, those that will be listening will be listening next week, but uh, it's been really inspiring and it uh, invigorates me in my uh, kind of professional calling to uh, to Catholic higher ed. So. Yeah, it's been good. Awesome. Well, I'm doing fantastic because I just got done with 10 days vacation, and now I'm back in the groove. So once you've been on vacation like that, then the whole goal is once you get back one day at a time. What do you do with 10 days? Vacations are so good. Well, the first five, you unwind everything. (laughs) And on the sixth day, you're like, oh, this is vacation. (laughs) Now that I'm not thinking about everything else, (laughs) then I'm like, wow, was I thinking about everything constantly like that back then? Yes. Uh, So by day six, you end up going sailing. By day seven, you go to the Grand Canyon. By day eight, you go to Antelope Canyon. By day nine, you go to uh, wherever else you're led. And by day 10, you get back in a plane. It was awesome. Awesome. So refreshed, ready to go. And really went out there, wore my Rutten Radio shirt. I got to post some pictures of my Rutten Radio shirt out there for any of you that want Did you take Rutten Radio to Of course. I take Rutten Radio everywhere I go. Yes. I love it. He, she, and you know, already, when you go he's places, already been down to the can he's already been down to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. So it was fantastic. Right. Yep, so that's All what right. I'm up to. Well, that sounds good. Father Paul, join us whenever the good Lord wishes, if uh that's here in this hour. If not, me and you got it, brother. You ready for this? I think we can do it. All right. For those out there listening to Rutten Radio, you can interact with us uh and our podcast, Rutten Radio, uh, or you can do so through the Facebook page. Just check into the Real Presence affiliate network stations uh, to listen to us. And uh, the best way to kind of interact uh, by text is through Facebook and obviously to listen to us through your apps. 
So with that, we do the month, movie of the month in the first half hour. And this month's movie is the one and only Stand By Me. I love this movie. Father John, tell me about Stand By Me for any listeners that don't know or might not remember what Stand By Me is all about. Well, many listeners won't remember, but it's a 1982 Stephen King a uh, novella called The Body is what it's based on. So uh, it was made in 1986 into the film. Uh, and it highlights a summer in 1959 in Castle Rock, Maine, where four 12-year-old boys, Gordy, Chris, Teddy, and Vern, are fast friends. And after learning of the general location of a body of a local boy who has been missing for several days, they set off into the woods to see it. Along the way, they learn about themselves, the meaning of friendship, and the need to stand up for what's right. That's interesting. I didn't realize that uh, it originally was a book by Stephen oh, King. Oh, yeah. Now you can kind of see the Stephen King. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, yeah. totally, so totally. You got to yeah, watch. I mean, it's typical uh, typical slapstick young boy humor, swearing, sexual comments, uh, What that you would expect out of a group of boys who don't have adults around. <laughs> right. right. If, you can, if you can peek in on a group of junior high boys... Um, in a situation where they're probably, you know, maybe talking about things they shouldn't be talking about, but it's not surprising that they know about those things. So if you watch it, make sure you uh, take a take a first gander before you let your littles uh, consider seeing. Obviously, there's a dead body as part of the whole thing. So yeah, that scene uh, isn't until the way end. Right, right, right. There's a lot to the movie that builds until we get there. Initial thoughts. Tell me, tell me, tell me what you thought about it when you first went through it. This isn't your first time watching it. The thing that struck me, it's the first time watching it since I was a kid. The oh. first thing that struck me was this movie was produced in 1986, about a time period 30 years prior to it. And it has been 35 years since we watched this movie for the first time. <laughs> and oh. it just struck me that here they're in 1986 they were portraying the 50s the late 50s and you know they're dressing different they're doing all those things differently and they're the music is particular to what they're trying to portray and the dime store that the kids are shopping in and i'm thinking wait a minute when i watched this movie it was 1986 we were nine years old we were like right. not far from the age of these boys. And that's why this movie resonated so deeply with us was we understood what it was to be running around with Chris Pyatt and Kevin Pyatt and Jeremy Pokola and Ryan Noonan and Ron Heitzler and Billy Early and Jen Paulson and uh, the, crew, the crew, you know? Yeah. Amy Pokola was like our, our mom, you know, <laughs> her and Nancy Pyatt, you know, uh, Tanya Thee. It was like, <laughs> it's like, so we were watching this movie at a time where we were living something so similar. Very similar. And we're 35 yep. years away from that. 35 years. So this is years. interesting. And when we were in school at that time, remember sock ops were popular? Well, oh, yeah. our, teacher, our teachers grew up nostalgically with sock ops the way we grew up with the 80s. <laughs> you think about because the, the time period, right? 30 years prior to the 80s when we're doing sock ops, it's like, well, our 55-year-old teacher used to do that. <laughs> yeah. She's living her, he's living memory, you know, rolling up the cigarettes in the arm sleeve and whatever else. 
So it's a it's a great movie. The actors are classics. Like I just don't. Maybe there's movies like Ocean's Eleven. I suppose does this, but I love those old movies where everybody's in it. Um, the Outsiders is another movie like this where it's like the actors are all famous, but at the time they're all pretty young. They're all pretty new actors. Oh yeah, they weren't famous. I mean, there's a lot of actors in that that never made it. The one thing I was thinking about is, oh sure, we all know Corey Feldman and and. Uh, Richard Dreyfus, uh, Richard Dreyfus, not not uh, is it River Phoenix is in this? I can't remember which Phoenix. Yeah, but yeah. all there's all those other boys that nobody even knows about. Sure, <laughs> so sure, not everybody sure. made it. But yeah, it was like uh, a cast of characters that really it reminds me of it. Led into like the Sixteen Candles world and uh, Weird Science and some of these movies where a lot oh. of those similar actors were all. But, but listen to this. Paul has them listed here. John Cusack. Yeah. He, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. You know, that, that, there's, a, there's a list in this one. And so it just is all nostalgic, right? I love the, I love the background narration by Richard Dreyfuss. It, you know, it's just like drips with nostalgia. Uh, it makes me think of the wonder years. And yeah. It, it, just that classic uh, uh, time period. And it gives you the context for the movie. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that that time period is, is interesting to look back on. And so what did you get out of the movie? What did I get out of the movie? You know, uh, there's number one, just, I don't, there's, there's so much there about friendship that, it, you know, about belonging, about being a part of the community. Seems like everybody has different roles they play. One's the goofy kid. One's the, the broken home kid. One's the, uh, serious because life was tragic to him, kid. Like, you know, so it's kind of, I like, I like seeing types and roles and thinking about where I fit and who I was or might be. Um, so, so friendship was, was pretty cool. Adventure, like that friendship in life is an adventure. And I think we need to do more of this type of stuff. Like when we were kids and we'd go camping with, with other families and, Know, that that the faith can be lived in a much more active and vibrant way than simply seeing it as something you do on Sunday. Um, but something that you can live as an adventure that you do together, much more like Frodo and Bilbo Baggins. Like, uh, so, so, you know, and that this wasn't really a faith-based movie, but it reminded me that friendship and adventure um, at least I think for fe the fellows, for sure, is, you know, that's a great way to engage young boys in a, the life of faith. I think of Peter Giorgio Frassati, for instance. And I think that would be wise to do more youth ministry uh, around adventure and camping. And I, I think this is why Eric Gallagher in our diocese and other people Wyoming Catholic College, even Mount Marty, where we're doing adventure retreats. I think it's why they're so popular is because people want to be on an adventure. Um, yeah. And that's what this movie really is about, is a, you know, an adventure and friendship. Yeah, in a way, it's like the what I just got done doing, being out in Phoenix and San Diego and all of that and sharing it on Facebook. Like, uh, I, I think the reason people are interested in that, I don't, I mean, I don't, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they have a different experience. You guys can tell me. But I think they're just seeing me living out of the heart in a way that's like, I want life to be an adventure. 
And when you leave and you go away like that and you're like unconstrained from all those things, you get to live more like when you're in the neighborhood and you don't have somebody telling you what time you got to be home and where you got to go and what you got to do. Uh, and this is attractive, I think, to, to just say, what's, is, there, is there something interesting in the world? And it's been fascinating to come back home and to be like, well, isn't this place just as interesting? You know? But in a way, those boys had to leave home. You have to leave home. And I was really struck when they talked about Castle Rock and they said that's the town they grew up in, 1,281 people. Um, and he said, but to me, it was the whole world. And isn't that the truth, that we discover the world by starting from where we are? All of us, when we grow up, the north end of Sioux Falls was the whole world. I, rem I remember discovering that St. Mary's Parish, there was like another parish. <laughs> you know, it was like, I thought the cathedral was everything. <laughs> and, and then you started realizing, oh, wait, there's some basketball players over there at St. Mary's. We hear they're pretty good. You know, it expanded the world. Uh, well, by the time you got to Gorman High School, you realized, oh, now we're all the same. So now we belong to each other because we're all in the same school. We were enemies, but now we're not. Well, then they started hanging out with, uh, remember when Rat Boy and those guys started hanging out with some Roosevelt guys that were on the basketball team, Seve and all, you know, and all of a sudden it was like, okay, now Roosevelt's a part of my world. And then we go to USD and this whole group of Sioux Falls people are at USD. It doesn't matter what high school we went to. We all belong to the same thing. And then, so like your world expands and you become a part of something more the more you go out. But now, it doesn't deny yeah. that when you go back to your origin, then you want to go back, but you come back a different person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is great. There's a lot of good stuff here. Uh, so up here at this conference, um, this is my alma mater. So it's like I'm coming home ah. on the conferences up here. So I'm coming back to like, you know, familiarity. I'm coming back to a place that formed me. I'm coming back to, it's funny because even at the conference, they talk about these these people. So it's a conference from people all over the United States that's just being held here. But they talk about people from here like they're, you know, these mythic figures, you know, and I'm like, well, yeah, he's mythic, but he was my professor, <laughs> you know, or it's, it, I don't see him. He's just enough. He's a, he's my professor, right? There's a relationship that I have with them that gives context to uh, the adventure, right? It's not like I'm reading a book. It's, I have a relationship with the person and that person's relationship is what changed me. I, I received what they gave me, not because it was in the book that they gave me to read, but because it was in how they lived their life. And when you get to go on an adventure with your professors, like that's the ultimate education. And that's what happened up here. And it's what taught me that the best catechesis and the best education happens through storytelling. And I think that's why I love this movie so much is it's a great story. It's very normal, very ordinary, very common, but all of us can relate to it, especially I think young boys, right? Um, but I think even in the church and in our faith, how do we communicate truth, goodness, and beauty through storytelling by helping others enter into the story of reality, of their reality, and understanding how they fit into this bigger picture that's not just this local place where they sit in their home or in their city, but that they're a part of this grand metaphysical narrative that actually includes all of eternity and all souls as a part of this family. And I think Catholicism is a great micro example of that here on earth. 
Because literally, John, you know, you have friends that from all over the world, every country and language that you call friend, and what unites you is your Catholic faith. And I think that's a beautiful little example of what is to come in eternity is us on this adventure, not unlike Stand By Me, but maybe with a more faith emphasis like, uh, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia or uh, Tolkien's, Tolkien's Great Adventure. I'm missing the leap. Uh, can you help me understand the leap to storytelling? I don't know how you got there. Uh, so why is Stand By Me? Storytelling is story because it's a story. And it, it, it's, it's, it's the story of, of humanity. It's the story of the boys. It's story of boyhood. It's story of friendship. And through that, we come to encounter, uh, we come to have stirred up within us wonder and awe and a desire to seek, to know, to adventure together. And that, that's what life is. That part of the problem in education is that we don't have wonder and awe stirred up in people, so they don't want to go on an adventure Wow, why would I go do that? You know, so so if you can enter people into the grand story, you know if they've done this because it stirs up within them this fire. It's the road to Emmaus, right? And so so the story becomes the means by which people can enter into the grander narrative that you were speaking about, that we're all a part of something bigger than ourselves. And, and so say I got somebody in my life that's not really lethar- is lethargic in front of the adventure. Uh, where do I begin? An invitation. To what? And that, to an ad- Take them on an adventure. Go have a cup of coffee or go for a walk or take them on your trip with you. You know how many people would have wanted to go sailing with you? Take them on an adventure. Take them on an experience. Take them to an encounter. And from there, this is what John Paul II did, is he built a relationship through friendship, is how John Paul II communicated um, in, I believe, one of his most effective ways, the gospel. And he he would go skiing. He would go hiking. This is pure Giorgio Versati, right? You always, this is your guy, Giassani, right? You always see him out riding a bike and things like this and inviting people into community and friendship, and not just seeing the faith as a relationship that's exercised sacramentally at church on Sunday, but as a unity of relationship in friendship that people live out through the totality of their days, through their weeks. And I think that when you get on an adventure, literally like going camping, I think that's the place where it like breaks open this place to encounter the a, a deeper experience of the relationship where you can have deeper conversations, you can reflect better, you can become more aware of the reality of your lives, you're more thoughtful, you have better dialogue. And I think this is what we experienced with mom and dad when we were younger and we would go camping with the charismatic renewal. You know, some of those friendships were the deepest friendships that mom and dad have. And even today, you think of like the Gallagher's, you know, those are still deep friendships where, like, we I haven't seen the Gallagher's in 30 years, but if I saw them today, I'd give them a big old hug like I knew them, <laughs> you know? Why? Why is that? It's not because I sat in a church pew with them. It's because we literally lived an adventure together for a period of time, mm. lived in a different way together. And that's what 
we remember, we look back on our childhood with the Noonans and Earlies and Pyatt's, and we get so nostalgic about it because we lived a reality with them in friendship. And, and I don't know, you know, so I just think that friendship, adventure, that I think we have to invite, but it requires inviting people into your life, which requires your time, and it requires you to break down walls, and it requires you to permit people into your space, like actually to invite people into your home for a meal. I mean, how, when's the last time somebody, and, you know, if you're out there listening, when's the last time you invited somebody into your home for a meal, you know, it just, it's, I think that's part of where the dynamic of, uh, uh, of effective catechesis and evangelization could begin if I was training you is to invite people into a relationship by inviting them into an event, something, a dinner, a meal, um, a, a, re, uh, a camping expedition, uh, you know, a walk in the park to go work out together some sort of an experiential opportunity to build relationship, to live deeper. And then Christ is found like the road to Emmaus in those experiences. Then you can begin to discern where your heart is burning, where you're being moved in your mind and body and how you're being transformed or or being inspired to be better, do better. Yeah. And I think one of the things that happens is in that adventure, then you open up. And oftentimes when you open up, then your wounds become more palpable. Uh, And so at times there's something then that begins to need to be healed or changed in me. But if I'm not willing to go there, or if I'm thinking it's somebody else's wounds or whatever, you know, this is, when, when you take that adventure, the person opens up. You can't like control what part of you opens. And I think this also happens, and you saw that with them where, uh, he starts talking about the guy's ear, you know, and my dad took my head and put it on the, well, this is a visible thing then that he carries with him everywhere he goes. And I just kept thinking about the marks that are left on us from people's comments when we're young uh, and how many people, you know, it's a part of life. I mean, I don't, right. you know, uh, people say things and people do things and I've said things and I've done things to people that leave marks on them. Right. And those need healing, and those need to be brought to the Lord. Or those, if you're not Christian, they need to be brought somewhere. Right. I know that He is the one who heals me, and in recognition of the identity I have as a child of His, His love pours into my heart, and I learn to forgive, and I learn to heal, and I learn who uh, I am. I was just talking with somebody recently, and they were sort of saying, you know, yeah, their experience in childhood was actually good for them because they had to grow in relationship with the Lord. They would never have the relationship they have, except they didn't have what they should have had in their home. And this is for all of us, and you can just see it in each one of the kids and the way, like, he kept saying over and over again, uh, um, how did he say it? I wish you would have died, or how did he say that? It was yeah, so yeah, shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I that wish, was the dad, right? The yeah, dad I was wishing was it was you that died, because the older brother, John Cusack, uh, died. I mean, can you imagine that being said? But that interaction at the table of the mom and the dad and the, the boys, you can just feel that 
in people's lives. I mean, I don't think that's an uncommon. Maybe it's not in everybody's family, but mom's trying to say one thing, dad's trying to say another thing, everybody's trying to control the conversation, and then the brother's like trying to make the little brother feel important and know, you know, I mean, it was just so human. It was so much a part of the family life. Well, all that has to be healed. And if I don't allow that to open and heal, then I I live out of that and I don't even know it. And part of the adventure and the journey is you open up and it can be frightening because things can be ready for. And can you imagine how the fear that comes from confronting these this brokenness, these situations in real life, in our families, it is, I mean, this is just personally on my end, right? Like, you know, it can be paralyzing, but yet at the same time, what I have experienced is that in honesty and in God's grace, when families and brokenness reach out and seek to love one another and recognize faults and seek to, to have reconciliation, forgiveness, like it's, magical yeah depth of, of of humanity that comes when healing occurs in those moments but it you know there's a lot of fear there i love real quick just uh, as before we kind of wrap up here yeah two two minutes uh, i love i think we have two minutes left john that sounds right we're in different locations but uh, if you're out there listening uh rutten radio here on real presence uh, network talking about stand by me with father john rutten and myself, Joe Rutten, Father Paul is on break. He might be with us in the next half. He's hour. doing priestly we'll things. Priestly things, priestly things. So, uh, but you, you mentioned that um, the healing and the boy, I, I forget which one it is, whose, whose brother dies, right? Like that, this, is, this isn't his own adventure. Like he's on his whole interior adventure of healing yes. all along the path in relationship with the brothers, but but in a sense, also separate from the brothers. Like each of us has our own path of interior um, maturity and healing, but we don't have to do it alone. We can do it in relationship to others. And I just think, what would what would a, a group of friendship look like? What would a movie look like with a, with our ideal friendship? How would an ideal friendship deal with the issues that they're dealing with in this movie? What would, what would that look like if if you actually had friends or you were a friend that was attentive to the wounds of others or was aware of your own wounds? Yeah, I think this is actually friendship. Authentic friendship is the one who recognizes your cry and is a space where you can open that, but also one who directs you to the real healer. So the oh, friend boy. is the place oh, where so I can open up my wound, but it's also the place that points me to my real wound. And so both places, both things, dynamics are vital because if I'm going to like pounce every time a wound gets open, that's not going to work. But this if, if everybody this opens wounds and I'm your yeah. healer or I point you to earthly healers, or then in the end, that's always going to fall short because every person also has a wound. And we so in the end, there. the we friend is the one yeah. who says, you can open your wound here, but I'm pointing you to the healer. And and God becomes the answer to the wound that is in our heart. And it isn't just a wound from our childhood. It actually is the original wound that is in human nature. Well, that's uh, first half. Off. I've got my bell going and off. And he can't get his bell off. 
<laughs> so we wrapped up the first half hour Rutten Radio. Father John, Joe Rutten here reflecting on Stand By Me. Great movie. Check it out. When we come back in the next half hour, we'll give a rating to it. We'll do some shout outs. Uh, we'll do some rosary checks and such. And maybe Father Paul will join us. If not, we'll keep rolling on. So support our sponsors and we'll be right back. And we're back with Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network, your local and regional Catholic media network for all things awesome. You can catch us, Rutten Radio, through our apps, through your app store. Uh, you can interact with us on Facebook or, uh, as always, there's old school Twitter and things of that nature that you can always track us all down with if you would like. But Facebook's the easiest way to interact. Check out our page. Give it a like. Give us a comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, great insights you've had. So I'm joined here with Father John Rutten, uh, my twin brother, the better half, other half, the younger half, I could say. Uh, and Father Paul is doing priestly things, and he is not able to join us yet. So with that, Father John, as we wrap up uh, the first half, we, we reviewed Stand By Me. What kind of a rating would you give to Stand By Me out of three Ruttons? I gave it a two rutten. Ooh, you gave it a two rutten, a two-headed monster. Two ruttons. Hmm, interesting. Why two? Why not two and a quarter or two and a half? Or eh, it wasn't that good. You didn't like it the second No, time it was a cult before. classic, but, you know, there were actually only two moments where I was really grasped. I mean, there was some good stuff in there about friendship, but, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I guess, well, now that I, now that we're reviewing it and we're talking, we just had a great dialogue. So I maybe need to change that, but I'm going this, with two. This is a common theme, uh, Father I'm going John. with two because there were only two moments that really grabbed me. One was when the train was coming. I really was nervous. <laughs> I was like, are they going to go? Are they not going to go? Are they going to make it? Are they not going to make it? I was so nervous about it. Uh, so I do have to give a shout out for the fact that it did make me uh, really sort of um, run. And then at the end with the gun, uh, oh, yeah. uh, man, that made me nervous. I was like, is he going to shoot him? <laughs> is he going to kill him? Like, so, I mean, I, there was some redeeming factors, but yeah, it definitely All was right. not I'll, three heads. I, I, I will come in at two and a half heads, and I'm going to give it an extra one, extra half there because of the uh, the the staying power. If you talk to anybody that is forty and over, forty five and over, they will remember some major scenes like the the gun scene, like the dead body scene, like. The, the the train scene, like the train scene is epic. There were some epic moments and some epic right. one-liners. One, and then that was the second thing. So I was only going to give it a quarter, an extra quarter, two and a quarter, but I gave it two and a half because of the one-liners. Yeah. I didn't even realize how many one-liners Rob Noonan stole from me. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and I don't know if they were all from this movie or if they were there and the movie just encapsulated them, but it definitely was the instigation. Oh, you know darn well Rob, Rob Noonan stole them all from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and most of them we can't say on air. Uh, so we'll leave it at that. But yeah, what a great movie. Uh, you know, and it was a little nostalgic in a way that's like, ah, I don't think I'm. I definitely wouldn't. It's not like uh, Dances with Wolves where when it's on the Hallmark channel, I just, oh, yeah, I'll watch this for a while. I'd probably turn Stand By Me. You know, yeah. I need there you to go. See. So, All right. How about shout outs? That, 
Shout outs. Well, how about I just go with Rob Noonan? He, he's, yeah, I bet Rob Noonan's gotten a couple of shout outs before, uh, but that was kind of a good shout out. But I'm going to give a shout out to my old roommates up at St. Thomas. So I moved to St. Paul, Minnesota in the snap of a hat. Like in three days, I picked up and moved and moved into a Christian house with 10 other men. And I had three roommates or two roommates. There's three of us in one room together. And my bunk mate was this crazy guy named Peter Dada. And this other guy in the room's name was Stephen Moss. And Peter has been a long friend and was in my wedding. I see him a lot. But last night, for the first time in 20 years, the three of us got together. And so Stephen Moss, and you might know Stephen's products. Stephen is the guy that created the Lego Mass Kit and the Confessional. Yeah. Great. So he is, he's an entrepreneur, just wonderful. So shout out to Stephen Moss and his awesome family, Emily Dada and Peter and, and those folks. What about yourself? Well, I went to the dentist and ran into an awesome, awesome, awesome woman. The dentist? Who did you run into at the dentist? Mary Beth Pyatt. No. Yep. Mary Beth Pyatt gets a shout out from me. She is one of the North End moms. Uh, uh, we ran around, made me just think about this movie, you know, Kevin and Chris and Katie Pyatt and running around and Nancy was a little older than us taking care of us. And, uh, Amy Pokola was a little older taking care of us. And there was Jeremy and Sarah and Lori and Grace and, uh, Michelle. And then he had, you know, another shout out to Kathy Heitzler cause she works there for Dr. Ellen Becker and, uh, running around with Ron and the other mother of the North end Bev early. Uh, and Karen Noonan. So my shout outs are to the North End Bombs that helped raise uh, so many of us youngsters. Uh, those are just four that I mentioned. But, yeah, right. Uh, Joe Ryan, we could yeah. throw. Oh, there were tons of them, there, but those so. are the ones whose basements we spent a lot of time right. in. <laughs> right. We ate a lot of food from those people and Lori Paulson. We ate a lot of her food too. Right. So that's my shout outs is North End Bombs. Lori always had the good one, good popsicles. No, and she always had the best stuff. And I always felt free to do whatever I wanted. I don't know why. I wasn't worried about what anyone's going to do at their house. <laughs> the other house, you kind of had to you know, play it safe. Uh, right. Well, that's fantastic. Father John, let's do a little uh, rosary check. You got your rosary on you? I do. I got my rosary. I lost my pocket rosary in the couch. Peter Don or uh, uh, Stephen Moss's couch last night. I do not have a rosary on me. Scapular check. You got a scapular check? <laughs> Actually, if you can believe it, I don't have my scapular. Oh, you don't. I know. It's like the first day. It's the first two days in an eternity. But I went swimming and I forgot to take it off. And so it's got like this. It's like we. I think it might be done. I might need a new one. So, so I, I made a decision to wear my, you know, I go swimming with the boys quite a bit. And, you know, I'm not one of those guys that like walks around with their shirt on while they go swimming. Like, I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to wear my shirt. So, well, then it's like, do you wear your scapular? And, you know, the, the vigilant, uh, hardcore Catholic, <laughs> aren't you? of course you wear your scapular, you know? And so one time I wore my scapular and then everybody's always staring at it. Like, like, listen, I don't need to be drawing any attention to myself. I, <laughs> whatever. So anyway, I've gone back and forth and I've now more, most recently been not wearing my scapular while swimming, but I have noticed that I lose it a lot more now because of that. So, 
with that. Very good. Well, one for one, each of us. Yep. So, well, right. hey, well, uh, let's, uh, you know, there was something, in. yeah, there was something in the, the end of that that I know we always have a hard time keeping the movie section into the movie section, but um, I was really struck by the end of our conversation about the need for what is friendship and the wounds we have and stuff. And something that happens when you're healed is the wound becomes glorified. It becomes a place that heals others. This is that great book from Henry Nouwen, The Wounded Healer. Uh, one who has been healed of their wounds has the capacity to be an instrument of God's grace to other people's wounds. And it was interesting when he said, um, when he was talking about Teddy's dad, who had abused him, no less, and he said, yeah, but he also stormed the beaches of Normandy, and it came up a couple of times. Like he kept saying, he stormed the beaches of Normandy. And it really struck me that everybody has two ways you can tell that story. And sure, we all have things that are one dimension that are sort of the sins of our lives or the wounds of our lives, but there's things that even people who are wounded have done that are valorous, that are glorious, that uh, note merit. And I think sometimes, you know, you got to, the Lord wants us to focus on the need for healing. And sometimes the Lord wants to focus on us and say, hey, look what I've done through you. Look who you are. Live out of this place instead of out of that place. Sometimes we live too much out of the wound and we just need to start looking at the ways in which God has done something merciful to us. So You know, that's interesting. I, uh, uh, I, at this conference, I read uh, uh, Martin Luther King's letter from the Birmingham jail in a Socratic dialogue method with about 20 other faculty up here. And it was really powerful. And one of the things that we highlighted was at the end of it, that he doesn't criticize the founding fathers and he doesn't criticize the declaration or the constitution. He actually lifts them up. Mm. Um, and I found it interesting, right? Like it, this, this is a 20 page letter of criticism that he's writing really to America. He's writing to our political system. He's writing to pastors. He's writing to white people, black people. I mean, so he writes this grievance, um, and in it, he gets to the end and like everything, when you read this thing, John, you could read it today and you would feel like it was the last year and a half, mm. except when you get to the end, because at the end, he takes and lifts up the thing that in some places you feel like maybe it's being torn down. And that is democracy, the constitution, the declaration of independence, our founding fathers, like he holds that up like, no, this is the given, that this is good. Um, he knows, just like all of us know, that most of the people that signed those documents were slaveholders. So somewhere in there, he's capable of acknowledging the good within the context of evil itself. He's able to move forward in justice while also realizing that history hasn't been perfect. Uh, and I think that's my story, right? I want people to to recognize my good, but I also don't want them to think I'm a god or king. Like I got some, I got, I got, I got sin in my life, but yet I also don't want them to think that I'm one big bundle of sin. Yeah. Uh, no, there's good, and, and it's like, so I think this is powerful an example that you bring up here to say how can we look at our lives in the context right now in society and say it is not black and white. It is not all good and all bad. You know, point at them people, yep, they're doing it the right way. Yep, the people, they're doing it the wrong way. Like, 
I don't know anybody that's doing it all right or doing it all wrong. But that's oftentimes how I feel we classify and treat reality today. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. It's um it's a, a difficulty. And then we live in a way in which we expect nothing. Uh, what really happens, the difficulty of it all, you can see this, well, I won't get into a long treatise, but we end up having to be God. And it's a burden that we can't bear. We end up having to be God. We end up having to be perfect. We end up having to have everything and a perfect arrangement. And so it becomes something that's very uh, difficult, but if you live in ideology, you can keep it going. If you live in reality, you can't keep it going. Because in reality, we recognize that there's something we got to give up. What are you doing? Who? You. Why? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. <laughs> yeah. Taking yeah. a selfie. And by the, oh, okay. And by the way, you got your hair, you shaved your head. Have you yeah. always been doing that yeah. now? Yeah. I mean, oh. I let it go for like two weeks. or I mean, Oh, right. yeah. You like down to the mm -hmm. scalp. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever you know, the. So, anyway, uh, we, yeah. So, yeah, we should have a hair, hair cutting. Uh, <laughs> okay. Really. So, it's summertime. Uh, uh, you got right, a summertime right. yeah, haircut, right? <laughs> the dog days. Yeah. You know what uh, makes me think of the dog days is uh, cicadas. Is that how uh, you pronounce that? Uh, cicada. Cicada. The cicadas. Yes. Z the, the noise in the trees. Okay. I think so. And. Yeah mulberries and oh. i was the other day down at broom tree retreat center in irene south dakota and this little girl was bringing mulberries over and she was eating them and then eventually she was done but she wanted to still go pick them so she would come and pick them and give them to me and to anybody else that wanted them we just eat two or three at a time joe i was transported back into the tree that was the borderline between the pokalis house and their backyard neighbor hundred percent. Mulberries. That was the tree. I don't know of any, I don't know of, maybe there were other That's mulberry the trees. Mulberry that, tree that, that I remember. Yep. And we ate those things constantly. They were so awesome. And then later on, as they got really ripe, they'd be all on the ground, like purple and everything, you know, you'd step on them. Everything had purple in them. You know, your hands are filled with purple. It was so awesome. It just made me feel like, yes, this goes back to it. Growing up was amazing. Yeah. Could I pick all the things about growing up that were difficult, the wounds that happened, all the ways in which, yeah, I could. But when life becomes an adventure, you're like, oh my gosh, look at all of that. And look at all of that. And you know what? All of it makes us who we are. And if we can look back and see that from our past, then we can trust that today when things are kittywampus or when we have good or we have bad, like all of it somehow God is using to transform us. The thing that's necessary is an openness to let him do that. If we, right, if we right. refuse to be open, then I don't know if that's the sin against the Holy Spirit. But No, I uh, agree, though. This is really interesting because I have found in the last few years that my greatest transformation, when you say, let him be open, hey, should we take, I see what you're doing back. There. So if you're. <laughs> hey, we're on air. You got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it. Just keep talking. We got to keep gonna talking. Take, we can take this pictures is on air, of each man. other taking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, take pictures uh, of take pictures of each other taking selfies of each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you're out there listening to us, which by the way, Rick Lynch, shout out to Rick Lynch. He drove to like Chicago and listened to like 
eight hours of Rutten Radio. Oh, he probably, he probably knows we need shrinks. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys in counseling? <laughs> oh, Lord of mercy. Christ have mercy. Like, Rick, yeah, Lord of mercy. I was like, Rick, you listen to our, yep, yep, listen to the whole. So anyway, um, uh, where was I going? Yeah, dog days. Yeah, Dog days of summer, I don't know. Well, uh, it was it was a grand thought. So anyway, yeah, dog days. Do you know? By the way, do you know where the dog? What the dog days refers to? I assume it has to do with, uh, uh, like when a dog his tongue's hanging, <laughs> like he's panting, so they call it dog days or something. You know, because I don't know. No, that was Am my first. Yes, you, you thought that too. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah. Like my first. I think that's a reasonable thought. Like, yeah, it has to do like the dog days. When you look at your dog, look how tired they are. And it's always hot, you know? And well, it's, it's, we kind of think of August as the dog days of summer, but it's really the end of July and into August are the dog days. And it is in reference to ancient Greece. And it has to do with Cirrus and the stars and what's called the dog star and the dog star is a part of a constellation called Canis Major, uh, the, the great dog, the, the huge dog. And it appears in the sun in late July. And, it, and, and so they believe that like the combination of the powers of these stars coming together in this great star made it hotter. So they called them the dog days when, they were, when it was really, really hot. They believed that this dog star was like the reason that it was so hot. So it has nothing oh. to do with your dog panting in the heat, but it has to do with constellations. So, yes, well, as we kind of wrap up here, we got a few minutes left here. And Rutten, those out there listening, you're uh, listening to Father John Rutten and Joe Rutten. We are absent the third, the elder Rutten, the better Rutten, uh, Father Paul, the wiser Rutten, the more private Rutten. Uh, Hey, if you're out there listening, question for you. Who would you want to hear as a guest on Rutten Radio? Ooh. We used wow. to have guests. Remember that? We used to invite. Should we bring in guests? Yeah, we, they were always family members. We did. Remember Ooh. we brought in Alex Heidel? We did bring in yeah. Alex. So we've had, we've had guests. Uh, yeah. yeah. So What about Bishop DeGroote? We should bring Bishop mm, DeGroote. I wonder guest. if he'd do it, do you think? Are we close know. enough if to the, the people, new evangelization? Are we doing? If the, if the, if the people, people ask, ask, you guys, if the people ask, ask he he he, has, he responds right? to the, the needs of the people. He responds to the needs of the people. lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship missionary through, God's, through love. God's love. Do you know we how did. bingo that whole mission is? Every single word is necessary, and if anyone I makes know. fun of it, I'm going to make fun of you. I mean, I should. You that, know how many times I get it wrong. <laughs> Lifelong Catholic missionary subship through God's love. Through never, God's love. never get it wrong. Every word is Lifelong rightly Catholic ordered. Mission. It's right where I it's supposed leave to be. Out Catholic. Lifelong missionary. Lifelong. Lifelong Catholic, Catholic missionary subship through God's love. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. He should come on as a guest. Yes. He Although should come I think on. he's kind yes. of popular. He might be hard to get. But oh, I don't know. Doesn't he like to go out? He's you know he's doing missionary stuff. He's getting out of this place. We're up here at the Chancery. Wow. He's going out to the parishes and he wants to be out. On well, the, on I the think ground more. So maybe I think if the we new evangelization requires new modes and methods, and uh, this is 
a new mode and method here. Well, it's actually not radio. This is kind of old modes and methods. <laughs> so, so now, now the, should we should we trick him? See who uh, uh, you shouldn't trick your bishop, but <laughs> see who he responds to. We should all. I wonder. Let's right. pray about who would he right. who, who would right. he say yes to? Would he say he'd probably say yes to Father Paul? Because if one of us asks, he'd be like, "You two are knuckleheads." But if Father I, Paul, John, asked, you do know John that whenever anybody asks me for things from the Rutten Brothers. I tell them, if you get Father Paul on board, I can get Father John. Is that what you tell them? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Paul isn't going to do it because I tell him to do it. <laughs> Better go sell Paul. If you get Paul, I'll get John. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it's working. Uh, yep, that's yeah. how it works. Well, yeah. everybody, well, we Bishop love... Uh, yeah, we love... Bishop group. So other, other guests, feel free to... to Put a note in uh, the Facebook comment sections. Who else would be fun to have on? Maybe our family. Maybe you want to hear from the, the rodeo cowboys. Maybe we could. Oh, that'd or be a it. friend. Sisters. Maybe someone from the North End, somebody uh, to give the truth about what was going on. Or Well, this is but, a regional deal here, too. You got five state region that we're covering. You might have, they might say, you know, Father Schmitz or something. We want, yeah. we want the brothers and Father Schmitz together. Well, good luck with that. We're like, we're like, Low hanging oh, fruit, man. Oh, That's father, father, oh, father, father Mike Schmitz is like a star on the top of the tree, my friend. Well, Father John, you just never know what the Holy Spirit wishes to do with you. <laughs> That's actually true. Maybe, maybe <laughs> you're a little bit, uh, maybe the Lord's using you more than you realize. Maybe you never know. But, but right. what I do know, is, <laughs> yeah, what I do know is, yeah, we're a little operation around here, folks. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so if Ascension you're Press listening... isn't calling for us, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, but well, you know what? That's important for everybody to realize. Like, it doesn't matter how. And you know many what? The best part is, is Father Schmitz is just. Do you Father know Schmitz? love? Do you know God's love? Do you, you share God's, God's love? And do whatever that is. And if you're doing it with the homeless person that you meet down, downtown, or if you're doing that with your children, or if you're doing that with your children's friends, whatever you're supposed to do, just love the people that are closest to you. But to love people is to be a place of accompaniment where they can open up themselves and then you point them to the healer. That's your friends. Yeah, but that requires that I'm selfless and I'm hospitable. <laughs> oh, I know. It's like, Man, takes it's... forever. It's a lifetime job. So the book, Interior Freedom, Bishop DeGrid's just pounding that, loves it. It's a great book. Uh, and in that, it, it reminds us, this is a long process. Oh, yeah. Takes yeah time. So believe, right? I always, I always uh, say, uh, be patient with yourself, be patient with others, and be patient with God. Well, as we wind down the, this hour of Rutten Radio in the month of August, we did the review of Stand By Me in the first half hour. Father John gave it two Ruttons. I gave it two and a half Ruttons. Father Paul is doing priestly duties and can't be here to join us. So it's an average of two and a quarter Ruttons. Um, as in the second half hour, we really carried forth that conversation, Father John, around friendship, right? And, uh, adventure and and really encounter and, and really it comes down to every time I see Bishop DeGrude, he always says, Joe, do you know God loves you? <laughs> I know all the time. I'm like, and I'm just like creeped out by it. I'm like, oh yeah, I do, but 
I don't like it. Like, you know, I'm, I don't like, I'm broken, man. Receiving God's love. Like, yeah, God loves me. But when I get real, when I'm honest with myself, look in the mirror, like that's really a hard thing to accept. But when I am able to accept God, that God loves me in spite of my brokenness, my, my crazy brain, my, stupid ideas, lack of follow through, all of my insufficiencies, which I focus on far too much, and I allow God to love me, all of a sudden, all of those things go away. And it seems like he actually accomplishes the work that he desires through me. But then I don't get credit for it. That's kind of nice too, right? Builds that humility that says, well, if I just kind of get out of the way, put my gifts at service to his work, his projects, who knows what's possible if, if Rutten Radio is something that he uses? Well, hey, great. Uh, let's do it. If it's uh, me just sweeping up at home and taking care of the house so that my wife doesn't feel like all the responsibilities are on her, uh, that, that can be as or more powerful of a place to encounter God's love. And so just little acts. I yeah, started, that's a great, started, we could do like a whole episode on exactly what you just said. Uh well, well, like, let's, what let's, is it that we should be doing uh, to bring God's love? This uh, little book I, that I was reading, he was talking about this monk was in his place for like 45 years. He was just a monk. And then all of a sudden, God decided, d- decided like he's going to start transforming people. And then people started coming and coming and coming and coming and coming and healing and changing. And like he became this great mystic. But he was in that monastery, all just doing what everybody else was doing, just like everybody else. Uh, you just never know when God has something in store. And so the question right. I think is, how do you know what He's doing, and how do you know you should? And, you know. Right, and and we and you know uh, Newman, we have a uh, minute and a half, so we'll close with the rut and prayer. Yeah, we got to pray. That's a great, great prayer on purpose, right? And we just pray that we uh, accomplish God's purpose, and we'll find it out in the next world if we do so. Great that should we uh pray if you're with us in the name of the father Father and the son and the holy spirit amen Amen. our Our father Father, we thank you for your love for your love and and for your your many blessings blessings, especially especially for the precious precious gift gift of of each each other other. help us to show show our gratitude gratitude by loving each other as you love us make us understanding and patient with one another quick to admit our failings and ask for forgiveness generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give to each other Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us us to be be a holy holy family. family. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next time right here at Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. Next month, we'll be reviewing A Beautiful Mind. Peace and God bless.